You just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Magbaloa try to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Pat's interference. I, I think Alabama makes it to the college football playoff. I've got what I feel could be the number one playmaker in college football. Baker Mayfield. Dude's a stud. I'm 5'7", 130. Do you think I'm big enough to be either David Robinson or Tim Duncan? Get ready. It's going to be a good year. What's going on, everybody? This is Pat's Interference, year four, episode six. It is time to get down to business. Alabama playing Saturday, the rest of the nation playing Saturday, and it is time to start doing two podcasts a week. If you're new to this podcast, we do 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 work. He said already out of the gate. What are we? We're less than a minute into our actual episodes, and I've already used a do do. That's bad. Welcome to Pat's Interference. This is a college football podcast. Like I said, we do two episodes a week. Our first episode is always the Alabama Crimson Tide episode. We will review last week's game, although there was no game last week, obviously, and then look ahead to the next game on that Saturday. And then later in the week, we will have a national episode. Uh, So if you're looking for the NCAA episode, you're a little bit early. This is the Alabama episode. Uh, where we are previewing the Louisville game. My name is Patrick Norwood. I'm with my co-host Patrick Bridman. Brick, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm just uh, ready for Saturday, doing everything I can to prepare, trying to figure out, you know, my my watching the game situation and all that. I'm jealous. I'm I'm more hyped for this college football season than I. I think actually, I think I probably say this every year, but I, I, f- I was about to say I think you said this last year. Too. I feel more hyped for this football season than I've ever felt before. But mm. again, I, I I'm prone to speak in hyperbole. Um, feeling good you? though, just no. hanging out. Me? Yeah, good, good. Uh, yeah, I'm jealous you get to watch a game on Saturday. Uh, I will not. I will be working, uh, so I'll, I'll catch as much as I can. You're gonna have uh, to do the whole DVR thing. Uh, yeah, that that newfangled technology. Everybody, speaking of newfangled newfangled technology, if you'd like to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter at pi underscore podcast. That's the best place to follow us. But we're also on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P A T apostrophe S Interference. You can also go to our website at patsinterference.com and feel free to shoot us an email at patsinterference at gmail dot com. If there's a topic you want us to cover or something you want us to stop or start talking about, let us know and we'll decide whether or not we want to do that. Otherwise, Brick, are you ready to go with this one? I am ready to go on Monday. Uh, on Monday, the University of Alabama, led by head coach Nick Saban, released their first uh, death chart of the college football season. Um, I will start by saying, because if you haven't seen it, this is the way the quarterback went. And we'll discuss the order here in a minute. Uh, at quarterback, it wasn't an or, but it was a slash. Tua Tungvaluwa slash Jalen Hurts. My question to you, so we can talk about the quarterbacks and then move on to other positions. Does the order matter? No. Is no, there something to read into there? It's it's a head game. I, I think it's a complete head game. Um, I, I think, honestly, that's just the way they wrote it. Uh, like I said, it's either the way they wrote it or it's just a head game. So it's just something to make everybody say, oh, well, two is going to be the starter because he's listed first on the depth chart. Well, they're listed on the same line. And I think it was more of just a, oh, this quarterback and this quarterback. People who read too far into that type of stuff just kind of get on my nerves. Especially, that just shows me you've never been around a football coach if you think that way. 
A football coach does not think of things that way, um, especially one who types a death chart in Microsoft Word uh, with the generic font. Like It's just, this looks so just plain as day, black and white. Oh, it's this quarterback and this quarterback, you know? Um, I mean, you do go around and there are some others like Najee Harris and Josh Jacobs, but we've discussed those as being two guys who could both go, you know? I, I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's nothing that we're looking at and saying, oh my gosh, you know, we got to read into this. Um, you know, Najee's definitely the backup. So I, I think it's just the same thing for the quarterback situation. So the, so the, I'm just to clarify. So the fact that Tua is first, despite being not the starter last year, the underclassman, the less experienced one in the equation, and the fact that every other time the quarterback that's listed first has been the first one to trot on the field, you're still not buying that. Uh, I, I'm not saying I, I, I just, I'm not reading too much into it. Okay. I, I think it's, I think it's a dumb thing to read too much into. No, that's um, a good point. I understand that. I understand that. I will, you know, I, I will be just... full, full disclosure. When I saw his name first, I, I felt better about seeing his name first than not seeing it first. The big slash that you missed is Joseph Belovis and Austin Jones for PKKO. Joseph Belove you long time is listed first, my friend. He is. That's that. We got a little kicker battle going. Uh, yeah, we got a, a little bit of a uh, kicker battle going. Like you said, uh, we got Joseph Belovis and Austin Jones both list in the listed in the uh, kicker spot. Joseph Belove you long time, or Joseph Belove average, as we've determined, one or the other, depending on when he makes it or misses it. Um, I don't you know, man. Love it. I don't know. And then Austin Jones, the Temple guy. Uh, I have very low expectations for both because that's the way I'm conditioned at this point. Yeah, just don't have any feelings towards kickers, and you'll never be hurt. <laughs> that's exactly right. You know who I think we should get as kicker is Eric Andrews. Did you see him this weekend? Ooh, why do you say Did we you should? Sh- yeah, he can kick something. Uh, he kicked a guy in the face so hard he went to sleep. You got to think he can make it from 60 with powerful legs like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With, with giant legs. Oh, and uh, I'm pretty sure Garrett Gilbert still sees him coming around the end in 2009 in his nightmares. I would, I, As would, he should. I, would, I would believe. Uh, let's, let's get that. back to this depth chart. What are some other positions that kind of maybe not surprised you, but you looked at and sort of made a mental note to yourself? Well, the first one that popped out, and a lot of people uh, noticed this, was the absence of Ben Davis and the inclusion of Ale Cajo because you got to think a a former five-star that's now in his third year in the program is still behind a guy that's been on campus now for two weeks. Yeah. I mean, is is it time? Is it time to push the boat and let the ship sail on Ben Davis? I don't know if I'm there yet. I am. I, I do think he's going to transfer. I, I think if it stays this way, I mean, Ollie Cahill has been, like you said, he's been there 15, 16 days tops. Yeah. Uh, he's, if, he's, if he's already ahead of Ben Davis, who's been on campus for what, two and a half years now? Yeah. It's, it's was, his third wasn't year. Wasn't he program. an early enrollee? Mm hmm. So that's, that's not good. I, and I don't know. Maybe Ben Davis is injured and they're not saying something or. You know, something like that. But it, it was very, uh, not shocking, but I, I think a little sad to see that. 
Uh, Iabi Anoma is also listed uh, for the Sam, the backup Sam linebacker position, just by the way, while we're talking about guys who are kind of newer on campus who could make an impact at linebacker. Yeah, um, I'm excited. I, I, I figured he, especially with Terrell Lewis being out, he would be uh, there too, you know, in that too deep. Another thing, uh, we in our Alabama preview, we talked about the corners, and I didn't really express, like, a huge concern about Trayvon Diggs, but I was, you know, a little skeptic that he maybe has picked it all up. But the fact that he is listed as the starting corner, no slash, the three corners that has Trayvon Diggs by himself, and then the other spot opposite had Savion Smith and Patrick Sertain with a slash between them. So one of the two yeah. will start. Diggs is starting by himself. That tells me that Nick Saban really feels confident that he's, he's picked up this, um, you know, knack at playing corner. I'm, I'm excited to see him out there on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing that uh, was interesting to me was the kick return game uh, and the punt return game. You've got Trayvon Diggs returning. Obviously, that was some of his duties last year. Uh, but you've also got Josh Jacobs back there, which makes me really, really excited to see a healthy Josh Jacobs back and the kickoff return game is going to be huge. I do fully expect Jalen Waddell to take. That was like his specialty in college was punt returning and kick returning. I do you mean in high school? Yeah, high school. Sorry. Right. Um, right. That was kind of his thing. I fully expect him to take that over by the end of the year. Also, I just don't fully trust Trayvon Diggs as a returner. He had a lot of mistakes last year there. Um, oh, the star corner, Shaheem Carter by himself. He, he Shaheem the, Carter. He yeah, won the star I, I found position. that interesting, too. I was going to bring that up. Uh, you know, that, I'm excited to see that. That makes me feel like the coaching staff has a lot of confidence in him. Um, Kyrie McDonald, I haven't heard much from in practice. I haven't been huge numbers from him, any, anything that I've seen. Uh, but you know, it, it, it I, I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, I will just have to wait and see and hopefully it doesn't get to the point where Shaheem Carter needs a replacement, but if he does, it's, it, it's nice to see a name back there that they feel is able to step up to that challenge. Um, as far as everything else is concerned, there's nothing on here that you wouldn't expect any other huge, excuse me position battle that's a back-to-back podcast that i've Man, that i've let when i'm speaking soda before the podcast starts I'm, I'm drinking it during the podcast <laughs> my word oh um, man you know you're gonna you're gonna run into this. some some potty humor on this podcast followed by just a very lazy <laughs> that's good stuff right there that is that's why you listen to this podcast let's hear let's hear it for the guy on the soundboard You ready? You ready to get into uh, the Louisville game preview? Uh, yeah, I, I say we should. <laughs> All I right, um, seven o'clock kickoff on ABC, Alabama versus Louisville in uh, in the Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Um, about the twenty fifth year in a row that Alabama started the season with a non conference uh, neutral side opener. I think it's twenty five. Maybe it's yeah, twenty six. Yeah, something, something like that. It's the yearly tradition at Alabama now, and it's going to stay that way for the foreseeable future. Um, uh, as far as all the game, you know, Virginia Tech, Clemson, 2008 Clemson, um, uh, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Michigan, I might be forgetting some. Where do you rank this uh, at Florida State? Where do you rank this Louisville game as far as you being nervous for it? Uh, USC, low, that's another one. Low around West Virginia and Michigan in that bottom three area. I just, I, I, I know that Louisville has a very talented offense uh, from 
all accounts that I've seen, they're also replacing uh, two linemen up front. Uh, now, they do have a lot of experience in their other line positions. One of those positions that they are replacing, though, is uh, Cole Bentley will come in uh, as the center. Uh, it's tough to replace a center. It's really tough to replace a center when his first game coming back is the defending national champion who's returning a good chunk of their front seven. Um, you know, I, I just, I'm not sure that Louisville offensive line can really hold. Uh, but, you know, uh, Juwan Pass, great name, apparently goes by the Puma, as you told me. Puma Pass, um, baby. Puma Pass. Uh, last year did not see a lot of game time, but he did go 23 for 33 uh, for 238 yards. Uh, and two touchdowns so you know it's a passer rating of 150.3 which you and i talk about all the time and we will die on this hill in this podcast that passer ratings are stupid uh (laughs) so you know i mean a lot of good pieces coming back as far as the receiving side of the ball is concerned jalen smith a huge part of that offense last year uh had 60 catches for almost a thousand yards and seven touchdowns um so you know a, a huge you know a huge part of that wide receiver core is coming back as well is uh des fitzpatrick who had a one yard shy of 700 yards and nine touchdowns last year so they've got some guys they've got some pieces coming back but it's all about the battle up front uh especially in these first opening games we saw it against florida state we've seen it in years past the game that always i always think about when i think about that is the wisconsin game yeah. That they were they were so sure that they were going to be st- able to stop or at least hold Alabama up front that they'd open up the passing game. And at first they were, if you remember. That game was pretty close at halftime, uh, but eventually they just kind of wore down. Same with USC. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's going to be an interesting thing to see um, really how this Louisville O-line steps up because I think that's going to be huge. Uh, a lot of question marks as far as the running backs are concerned. Um, right now on their depth chart uh, listed as the number one uh, running back is Trey Smith, uh, the six foot 218 redshirt junior. Um, had a few touches last year, but again, when Lamar Jackson's on your team, you're, you're not going to do a whole heck of a lot as far as moving the ball is concerned. Um, so, you know, like I said, a lot of question marks for Louisville, but they're going to have a tall order trying to stop these Alabama linemen uh, and linebackers busting through the line and putting Puma pass down on the ground. I, I think I think you're onto something there. Um, this is the thing is, this is a Bobby Petrino offense. They're always going to be able to throw sure. the ball. That's that's Absolutely. their thing. Uh, he's one of the best in the country. I think he's one of the top offensive minds of the country, probably top 10, possibly top 5 from an offensive standpoint. They will always be able to throw the ball. This game for Louisville, I think they're going to attack us through the air. I don't even think they care about the trenches. Um, no, I agree. There's a good I, well, chance. As far as the run game is concerned, they care about protecting their quarterback. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that, that obviously. Um, but I think that there's a very real chance that Louisville may even know that they have a better passer, pure passer, than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's a good passer. He wasn't great. I don't know much about Jawan Pass aside from his name and his high school rankings, but um, I also know that we have a completely new secondary that doesn't return a single starter. So they're going to be attacking us through the air often. Um, On the other end, I think Alabama, it's funny. I'm so hyped for Tua. I don't want to attempt more than 25 passes in this game. Tops. Uh, I never want to attempt more than that. Uh, as 20, 25 is about this podcast. No, twenty five is about the bare minimum 
from a, for a passing offense standpoint. But I, I, their their up their front seven was so weak last year that we just there's no reason we shouldn't be able to run on them. They're gonna be they're gonna be gassed by the end of this game. Um, so yeah, the question is just how 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 ready is this uh, defensive backfield equipped to handle you know a Bobby Petrino offense that has given. Saban problems in the past. I mean, there were a couple Arkansas games when he was back at Arkansas that, sure. you know, were close for comfort. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, I'll always go back and think about that 07 game. I think that was Petrino, was it not? With Darren McFadden and uh, Phelan Jones and all those guys. I mean, they were that was a beast of an offense in, to try and stop. In 2010, in Arkansas, um, they yes. very nearly, it took a Drake Kirkpatrick interception Drake at Kirk the Patrick's, end. Yeah, yeah, that tiptoe interception on the sideline in 2010. Yeah. You're right. You're right. That's a that's a good call. Um, you know, I I think honestly this game kind of depends on the play of Patrick Sertain and Savion Smith. Um, you know, we know Trayvon Diggs can cover. We've seen it. Um, Xavier McKinney and Deontay Thompson are two guys that are very well spoken for. A lot of people are really high on them. I'm not too worried about the safety position, but I I am worried about that second corner pack position. Um, there's just, like we said, there's a lot of weapons, uh, on this Louisville passing offense and don't forget Juwan pass can run too. Last year out of 13 attempts, he had 62 yards per attempt and a touch. Um, their starting running back for this season only had eight more attempts and a little under 80 more yards and one less touchdown. So, you know, I, I think Juwan passes legs are also something that, Alabama is going to have to keep an eye on um, if there's one thing that's always beaten Alabama it's you know a dual threat quarterback and here we go again uh, but again I'm just I'm not super confident on that Louisville O-line I'm I'm trying to find what part of this game besides the passing game even remotely concerns me I I, I okay I guess I'll we'll start with some questions um, or not start but continue with some questions really what kind of game plan? I've, I've said what I think Louisville will do, but how do you think this game goes from an Alabama standpoint? Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be very reminiscent to the uh, 2016 USC game to open the season, where there was the Blake Barnett, who, uh, side note, was announced the starter at USF this week. I don't know if you saw that. Um, and then uh, there was Blake Barnett and Jalen Hurts, and it was it was that question mark back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until it got answered sort of midway through the second half when Alabama just kind of started blowing the doors off them with the running game. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm just – I'm not sure it'll be as much of a competition, as weird as that sounds. I, I think it's already kind of decided, and I'm, I'm a little worried that this – Jalen Hurts to a thing is going to be more of a distraction than anything. I'm worried that some series and some uh, plays are going to go to waste because we're going to try and force the issue with Jalen when it doesn't need to be forced. And if there's one thing that we can't let happen, that Alabama cannot let happen in this game, it's let Louisville hang around until the second half. Put them away early. That has to be the mantra. That has to be the mindset. If you're up by 14, you're up by 20, you're up by 21, yeah, go ahead. Start switching them out. Start seeing who's playing better. But if something's working, there's no reason to end it. There's no reason to stop going with what's working. 
Here's the thing. Period. I guess we're getting back into quarterbacks now inadvertently. Well, you asked me about the game plan. That's going to be the game plan. Yeah. The You know, all the other times that we've started, because we've done this a couple times, really the Florida State game last year is the first one that I can think of in a while where we didn't come in not knowing who our quarterback was going to be, and we still came out slow. Alabama always kind of tries to feel themselves out before they try to blow the doors open. This competition, I don't even really feel like there's a question as to who the better quarterback for the offense is. I just don't see a situation, even in Saban's mind, where we throw out Tua, throw out Jalen, and then go, oh, wow. Yeah, Jalen's better for this offense. I think everybody knows who's better for the offense. I think it's all about doing right by Jalen and also really more likely just trying to make it so he doesn't transfer. That's what I think this is about. That's why Saban hasn't said anything. Because if the season started, then the season started, and he knows Jalen's going to stick it through until December. So, um, you know, against West Virginia, right, we played two quarterbacks because we didn't know who was going to be better for the team from Blake Sims and Jake Coker. Um, you know, the opener in against USC, we started Blake Barnett and then Jalen Hurts came in because we didn't know who, and, and Cooper Bateman could have come in had they all struggled. Because Copper we Batman. Copper Batman, because we didn't know who was going to be the best for the team. This doesn't feel like that. This we, we, we know. We, we just, I don't know. So, yeah, if I guess the thing that scares me is if Louisville gets a, a couple quick touchdowns and we're still playing conservative... That's where I could see this game getting closer than we need it to be. I don't really see how Louisville is going to be able to hang with Alabama for four quarters unless we just have some serious unforeseen problems that I don't feel like our roster has. And looking at it from Louisville's side of the ball, too, I mean, you look at any article, anything coming out from this game, a lot of Louisville players chirping, which I'm not really going to get into, but offensive line and wide receiver cores both chirping about how Alabama is just another team and it's it's going to be... You know, just a business trip and just all the cliche garbage that you hear before big games. But uh, they've lost their top two cornerbacks uh, and their safeties. And their Heisman winner. And their Heisman winner. That's a lot of pieces to try and replace. And their starting center. As far as I'm concerned, unless their center was a freshman last year, which I highly doubt. Um, you know, that, that's a lot to replace. It really is. Um, you know, SB Nation released a great article um, previewing Louisville. Uh, without uh, Jair Alexander, I think is how you pronounce that. Yeah. Um, who got drafted first round by the Packers. Um, without him on the field last year, uh, there was a 66% completion rate um, with about, it averaged out to about 13 and a half yards per completion. Um, and the passer rating, which we've already said is garbage, but it was 157.7. With him on the field, that completion rate dropped down to 51%. So automatically, just without that one player, you're losing a ton of your defensive backfield. Now you pair that with the fact that Tremaine Washington is also gone, as are Chucky Williams and Zykesis Cannon. It's just going to be really, really tough. I, I think it's going to be really tough if Alabama trots two out there and just lets them, lets them start ripping it. Um, and then you've got to respect the pass game and look who is on the offensive running back field uh, on the depth chart. No other than Damian Harris, Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, uh, and Brian Robinson. Oh, yeah, let, so let, me, let me be clear. I don't think that there's – Louisville's defense was very bad last year and even the year before. I don't see any 
defense they trot out there that can keep up with our offense if it's doing what I think it should be able to do. The only thing that scares me is if we decide to play conservative and just kind of feel ourselves out when we don't even need to be doing that. I guess my fear is 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 muddling it up with the quarterbacks too much. I do think that this is the year that we should pick the guy, Tua, and do it, and just go. And, and Jalen can come in when the game's up three, four scores. You've said that already, or, but I, I don't or, want us to... Or can come in at another position, too. If it gets to that point, I don't see an issue with that. A lot of people are saying that's so disrespectful, that's so me. Why? Why? Look at all the quarterbacks throughout history that have done that and panned out just... Not, not just fine, but have still been able to contribute to a championship team. Well, I don't see Jalen playing another position just because he had, um, as far as we know, he hasn't practiced another position. I think we would know that by now if that's what I'm was saying. Happening. I'm saying way down the line, yeah. way down the line. I'm not even saying for the Louisville game. Just at some point, if it comes to that, just let that happen. I don't know. I that's that's my hot take on the issue, but I, I think he's too proud. I think there's a lot of pride there. I don't I even think- want to see Jalen in the game. I I don't either. That's what I'm saying. I I'd said like to see you a Mac couple Jones weeks ago on the phone. In. A part of me wishes he would just go ahead and transfer, so it wouldn't be an issue. No, I'm fine with him staying and getting his degree and being there in case we need a. You know, if Tua goes down for the season, Jalen will take over. It won't be Mac Jones, but right at the same time, I I'm fine with with not seeing Jalen in the game because I'm fine with it being a traditional game. Right, play your starting quarterback till the second half, and if it's out of if it's out of reach, then put in your backup. If it's not out of reach yet, keep your starter in. If sure. it's, yeah. You know, just, if it's, like I said, just do what's working. If it's a 17-10 game no in the second half, keep in, keep in Tua. If it's 31 nothing in the second half, make the switch. Yeah. Anyway. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's All right. there, There's I, a lot of factors going into this, but I, I just don't see an outcome in which Louisville comes out victorious. This and game I, I is. Feel, I feel weird saying that because I feel like every other first game of the season, I've always been a little bit hesitant to say something like that. But Louisville got projected to finish fifth in the ACC this year. No, Louisville. Name, name four good teams in the ACC this year. The four ahead of them, and they're not good. Clemson. Yeah, Clemson. Yeah, that's a great team. And then Miami, kind of. Maybe you know how sure. I feel about Miami. Oh, we're getting out. Okay, so really, I'm gonna be. I just to be completely frank, this game is about how Alabama decides to handle the quarterback. Game two will just kind of be a whole different story. But um, what's your score prediction, buddy? Uh, I'm not. I, I don't anticipate a big walloping like we're used to in opening games. Um, not just because Alabama is going to be tankering around with the quarterback situation. Also because Louisville's offense is pretty high-powered, like we've talked about, and I don't want to underestimate them. Uh, At the same time, I don't think this game will be close towards the end. I'm going to say 34... I'll go 34-17. I do think Louisville's going to put up some points. It may even put up some points early, uh, just if Alabama's got some miscues. They've got a lot of new moving pieces in that defensive backfield, like we've talked about. Uh but I don't think it's going to be enough to really beat Alabama or really even scare them. I think it's going to be 34-17, and Alabama's really going to pull away in that second half. Yeah, I see the same. I see the game going. I put 38-21. Um, I think Louisville will score a few times, especially early, um, as the defense figures itself. I wouldn't be surprised to see Louisville score first or maybe even the first two touchdowns of the game. Um, but there's they, they don't have the horses to run with Alabama. They don't have the defense especially – and 
they don't have the offensive line to stop our front seven for four quarters. It's going yeah. to catch up. They'll they'll come out with a very scripted game plan. It may or may not work. I expect their first drive to look pretty good, and maybe even their second drive to look pretty good. I expect them to get the ball in the end zone a few times, two, three times. Um, but once the game gets out of its scripted form, I I think Alabama pretty easily runs away with it. I'm I'm going thirty. If I go thirty-eight twenty, that has us thirty-eight twenty-one. That has us making a field goal. So I like that one field goal. Joseph Joseph Belovia long time would also love that. Yes, he would. Uh, uh, the week after, uh, we do play Arkansas State. Um, so we'll we'll go into that. And like we said, that episode, as far as the Alabama episode is concerned, will be more of a recap of the Louisville game and also looking ahead towards the Arkansas State game. Will we have answers at quarterback? Uh, will there be some, you know, uh, miscommunication and miscues uh, as far as the defensive backfield is concerned? We don't know, but we'll talk about it next week in the Alabama podcast. Uh, Brick, is there anything else you want to say for Alabama Louisville? Nope, short and sweet. This will be a sh- uh, like we all know this will be short and sweet because we didn't have a game to actually recap this week. Uh, our later podcast is coming out later in the week that'll preview the rest of the college football. That's also going to be pretty short and sweet, um, just because it's week one. We don't have. A, a week a, a week's worth of games to react to it's just predictions so we're good sure sure okay awesome uh like we said if you want to follow us on social media we're on twitter at pi underscore podcast on facebook at pat's interference that's p-a-t apostrophe s interference uh you can also go to our website at pat's interference.com or send us an email at pat's interference at gmail.com uh brick and i monitor and watch all of those social media sites uh so if you're trying to get to one of us or the other one uh, we're, we always pretty much both check them as far as I'm concerned. Uh, also trying to get Kim Kardashian to listen. Oh, you Man. saw that? <laughs> she never responded. Can I know, you believe right? her? I know. How rude. Like, after everything we do for her husband, she doesn't even care to respond. Look, you know what? Sound off's going on later in the week, so maybe that's mine. Maybe I save it for then. Uh, but everybody, thank you so much for listening. We've been doing this for four years now. It's our hashtag senior year, and we're yeah. really, really excited yeah. about doing this. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Go ahead and go on iTunes. Give us a review if you feel like it. Uh, if you don't feel strongly one way or another, then don't. We don't really care. We're going to do this twice a week anyway, uh, regardless of what people think or say on iTunes. So that's that. Thank you so much for listening. And Brick, most of all, roll tide. Roll tide. <laughs>